Hello, and welcome to the Self Project Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Martin, and I'm a life mindset and human design mentor who is all about helping you heal and rediscover your authentic self so you can go out and do some really epic stuff. So this podcast is going to be all about spirituality, self-empowerment, self-discovery, wellness, healing, parenting, sobriety, mental health, you name it, we're going to talk about it. This is all about helping you along in your own self-project journey. So go ahead and let's sit back and dive right in. I want to welcome to the show today, Tammy Grable Woodford. And Tammy is a speaker, podcaster, a mentor, and a successful business consultant. And she shares more of her story of her diagnosis with breast cancer and her journey that she has um, encountered throughout that. So I just want to say, Tammy, I'm so grateful that you are here with us today to share more of your story. Um, I know that I am incredibly excited to just hear more. And I know that our listeners are really going to benefit from um, just hearing your story and learning from you as well. So if you did not mind, will you just introduce yourself to us and just, just start sharing more of your story with us about how you got where you are today? Oh my goodness. Thank you so much, Christy. And I'm so excited to be on the Self Project podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Um, well, as you said, my name is Tammy Grable Woodford, and I guess I'll back up to the year 2014. In 2014, I was busy finishing my master's in business at the University of Washington. I had run for state representative. I had a great job that I loved. I was ticking all the boxes of success that are uh, as they are defined by our society and the American dream. And in February of 2015, I was diagnosed with stage 3B micrometastatic infiltrating lobular carcinoma that was ERPR positive, and it was micrometastatic um, because it had made its way to my dermis as well as into my lymph nodes. And yeah, and so that was a bit of a of a shock to the system. You know, when I was diagnosed, I had been exercising. I was running five to seven miles every other day. The days that I wasn't running, I was doing P90X. I was doing all the right things that, you know, were told. And so um, it was quite a shock to get the diagnosis. Two weeks before my mammogram, my husband, who we had been together for 20 years, asked for a divorce. And so I often say that with cancer, it's a marathon, not a sprint. And some people are not going to make it to the finish line with you. And I say with regard to him, he didn't even make it to the starting line. So the fallout from a cancer diagnosis, there's nothing in your life that it doesn't touch. And at first, you know, you're not just surrounded by the fear, the panic, the images of death, the, um, the thoughts of what the treatments are going to do to you and your system, but it, it 
causes chaos in so many other areas. And so when I look back at that time, I often refer to it as one moment, literally in 2014, I was standing in this fertile rainforest of possibilities of my life, where it really felt like anything was possible. And I was cruising into my, I was 43 at the time, I was cruising into my 40s exactly where I needed to be. And then in I turned the corner in 2015 and that rainforest had just been torched to the ground and I was alive in the ashes as they fell around me. Cancer annihilated my credit, annihilated my finances, annihilated my marriage. I stepped back in my career. Um, here I'd been a six-figure executive and worked at an executive level for over 25 years with a new master's degree to, to supplement my experience. And here I was taking a part-time job at the county so that I had security and benefits and time off and, and all the things that I would need so that I could focus on my healing. And research shows that when women step out of the workforce for a year, it usually impacts or statistically it impacts their income by at least 20%. And if it's two years, then it's 30 to 40%. And so without a husband, I lost the houses. I mean, there was, there was literally nothing in my life that did not feel torched and absolutely annihilated. I was able to within a year and a half, claw my way back up into an executive position, back into my six-figure salary. And the interesting thing about that is that when I got there, I realized how much I had changed. So I found myself commuting three hours a day. I found myself in a toxic work environment. And I found myself with a lot of stress that I just, I didn't want. And I'm still grateful and thankful for that um, for that experience because it was sort of the two by four to the head that I needed so that I became aware that I had fallen right back in to those same patterns that I, I had a chance to escape from, meaning that stress and that toxicity and that drive. And I realized that that just wasn't the culture for me. That wasn't a space I wanted to be in anymore. And so I did a scary thing. And it's interesting <laughs> talking about what's scary after breast cancer, but it's still scary. I did a scary thing and I left that job and I took three months off. I pretty much slept uh, for those three months. I didn't even, it's interesting. When I was first diagnosed, um, I found out like three days after I went to the gynecologist and said, there's something not right. And three days later, when I got the mammogram and the ultrasound, I had a radiologist scooch his chair up to me and say, you have cancer and a lot of it. And we need to move. We need to move fast didn't expect it. My response was to go to, after that appointment, go to Red Lobster, have a glass of Merlot, poke at a cheddar biscuit, and then go straight into a finance meeting followed by a board meeting. I just went to work. And so this break that I took after getting back into that high stress, high level environment was, was really what my body needed. And when I came out of that and I was asking myself, you know, because clearly I had lost so much. So it wasn't like I had the huge mortgage and it wasn't like, right. <laughs> like things had changed. And I was asking myself, what would bring you joy? What do you want to do? Where do you want to be? 
how do you want to be? Who do you want to surround yourself with? And I decided to go ahead and launch my company, Tanyant, and I provide consulting services to private, public, and nonprofit organizations. I serve as an entrepreneurial mentor to startups. I work um, with Fem City as a global speaker and trainer. And then I eventually, just last year, launched my own podcast, which is my passion project. It is a globally recognized podcast all about breast cancer, and it's called Your Killer Life. That's incredible. Thank you. I just want to touch on, um, you know, I just want to touch on how you asked yourself that question. You know, you pause to reflect, what do I want to do? You know, this is what I've been doing. Almost like, I feel like with everybody that I've interviewed and even in my own life, and now I'm seeing in like my husband's life, it's like we hit this certain point in our life and, you know, we've been achieving, like you said, we've found success, we've hit our goals, we've, we've done all these things. And it's like, we get to this point and it's like, am I happy? Why am I doing this? You know, what do I want to do? What brings me joy? So I just, I love that you bring up that you stopped and you asked yourself those questions because I think that that's so, so important to our joy, our vitality, our just to everything. So, um, you know, I, I really wanted to pause and kind of emphasize that point of, you know, and it's okay to ask yourself that I, um, you know, my husband's kind of struggling with that right now. He's been in his career for a really long time. He's like, I don't know what I want to be when I grow up anymore. And I'm like, wow. I'm like, welcome to my whole life. I've felt like that the whole time. I love it. <laughs> and, and, you know, and that's, that's part of the, the joy of living. But I think so often we get in such a routine and then that routine is further reinforced by this, I now call it false security, you know, that faux security you get working for someone else. And I think that the last year has been a real eye opener about how, you know, really, if you want true security, you have to build it yourself. And that's not to say that I haven't had hard days. I mean, when COVID kicked off, I lost a client that was, you know, tens of thousands of dollars a year. And that was an eye opener for me. And of course, I had to adjust. On the flip side, it also gave me an opportunity to lean into some other things I wanted to do. And that's how I was able to get the podcast started, right? And so, and then as the year went on, I was able to replace that income and and find new clients and it all worked out. But yeah, it's just, you know, what do we want to be when we grow up and and where do we want to be? And, and it's all about intention for me, right? Like you have this opportunity to step out into your life and intentionally enjoy it. And sometimes that also means you have to intentionally let go of the things or even some of the, of some of who you were in that past that that past version of yourself that can't necessarily follow you down the road to where you're going. Ooh, that's so good. Letting go of that past version of you and pieces of that. And we know um, all of us that have been on these journey doing this work, it's not an overnight thing at all. It's not. And, you know, I was so hungry for normal and, and I think that's it, right? Like you have this normalcy bias. And so when I lost everything I had lost through cancer, all of a sudden I was so hungry to just get back to my normal. And then I was in shock when I got there and I was like, whoa, 
this actually kind of sucks. And I'll never forget like having that break and having the time off. And I was standing in the kitchen one day and all of a sudden I felt this, this sensation of anxiety. And I forget what I was feeling anxious about, but I had been so, had so much anxiety and so much stress in my life. I had been numb to it until I, I basically detoxed from it for three months. And then it was like, you know, a kid, the first time they eat candy, right? Like they have that sugar high. It was like, oh my gosh, there's an actual physical response that I can now pay attention to because I am no longer numb to it. I can actually feel it. This is incredible. While you're speaking, I'm thinking I feel that way, kind of like with our COVID situation. Um, you know, it, it, like in my case, and I know the case of many people, it forced us to slow down from that busy, that numbing busyness, you know, sports practices, picking the kids up from school, making dinner, you know, working, doing, you know, things around the house, all the stuff that we do, all the things. And then, you know, it was, it was, you know, now that we're starting to see things open back up and like kids are going back to school and I'm just kind of like, I don't know, like I was really excited to return to a normal, like, but I'm like, I don't know if I want the normal that we had before that was just that mind numbing busyness and there wasn't time for cultivating this joy and making connection and doing the things that we love to do and that, you know, there's no way before that I would have had time for, you know, a podcast and for, some of the connections that I'm making with my children right now. And so I just kind of wanted to relate that experience as well, because I know that, you know, many people are experiencing that. Absolutely. Absolutely. It, and there is, I know it sounds crazy, but I even my last, oh my goodness, my last in-person meeting was February of last year. And I'm not kidding. The person I met with uh, ended up having COVID a few weeks later. And so, and with a cancer history, I'm like, I'm just going to do everything remotely for a while. And my clients are totally cool with it. And, you know, and I'm in Washington state. And so, you know, we were one of the first and we, you know, took it pretty seriously as far as, you know, how it was that we locked down, how people feel about it. But, you know, for me, made it easier for me to have those conversations <laughs> with my clients. Yeah, I can, I can imagine that it would, but, um, and you know, it, it's what's come from it too, is like a new way of working. Like it doesn't, uh, or a new way of connecting with people and being able to work and share and, um, you know, getting creative with how you can connect with other people. So, you know, there's been, there's been the ups and the downs, the same as there is with everything, but <laughs> exactly double-edged sword, two sides, to everything, yes. all of that. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So um, what I think that I really kind of wanted to touch back on, so letting go of those past versions of you, what kind of things did you, you know, start, start doing to, to kind of make those changes and those shifts and start, you know, just kind of gaining confidence and learning what you wanted to do? What were some of the steps you took? Oh, that is such a great question, Christy. Um, confidence was another thing that was annihilated, <laughs> by the way. I, I remember asking my uh, current, my new, my upgrade. That's what I call the, the <laughs> my new husband, Griff, the upgrade. I remember saying to him, uh, because I was struggling so bad, right? Because I had my normal and it was before I had left that position. And I remember saying to him, God, you know, did cancer break me? 
am I broken? Because this, this just isn't resonating with me anymore. I don't want to work long days and commute through. I want my, my private time. I want to go kayak. I want to have downtime to read. I want to have my own life outside of my corporate and business persona. Like that can't be all of me anymore. And so truthfully, the position in a lot of ways, because I also felt like I was failing because clearly I wasn't fitting in. Right. And, um, you know, if, if I wasn't enjoying it there, I wasn't fitting in, if I found it to be toxic, it wasn't my environment. And so that was a hit to my confidence too. And I came out of cancer with a little bit of social anxiety on top of that, which is kind of common because, you know, you go through years of doctor appointments and your whole world being cancer conversations. And then you get to the end of it and you're like, what do I, how do I talk to people about not cancer? (laughs) Just this really weird space. And so it was a long road to get back the confidence, um, it truthfully meeting a friend for coffee would give me social anxiety. So I went from somebody who ran for office and was in forums and on television and totally okay. Speaking in groups and in public to being someone that would get stressed out and have anxiety and would really have to talk herself into not canceling coffee with a friend. So my confidence was very much annihilated. There were a couple of things that helped me kind of get past that. One was reconnecting with people that I knew from my past that I had good working relationships with. And that was helpful because they knew me on a successful level. I could have conversations with them that were very honest, you know, like, gosh, what do you think, you know, if you were to think of me starting my own business, what do you think my, my strengths would be? What do you think would be a natural for me? It was also good to kind of get back into a more gentle sort of business conversation, talking with friends who are HR executives, talking with friends who are in consulting. And then I also had from my MBA program, as silly as this might sound, they did basically a 360 where through the program as part of uh, one of the leadership courses, They went and they asked us a series of questions, you know, for us to rate ourselves on our skills. And then we had to send the information to a couple of previous um, employers that, you know, that we reported to a couple of folks that reported to us, and then a couple of folks within our peer group and dragging that out kind of by accident one day and reading that and seeing that even at that point, when I was at my most confident, I still rated myself far lower than people rated me in all of these areas. And then reading their comments also helped to give me that confidence. And then after that, it was just, you know, the doing of things. You just start doing and knowing you're not going to knock it out of the park the first time. You're going to have failures. You're going to have successes and really training the brain, right? To, to get back into that, um, which is such an interesting interesting space to be in. And I say that because the mind is, the body is amazing. I went through all of this cancer stuff, kind of in awe with how the physical body is like, all right, 
whatever you throw at us, we're just going to like get to work and we're going to work around it and we're going to adapt and it's going to be totally fine to being this person that also mentally appearing strong outwardly, but inwardly is like, you know, taking a shower and seeing scars or, or before I had my expanders put in and my breasts back to as normal as they will be, which is nothing like normal, you know, a shower making me cry. And mentally that's the bigger hurdle is that, you know, how do I get past the mental blocks and the, the medical trauma and the mental trauma of everything that I've been through. And it really, you know, learning to walk in friendship, learning to walk in friendship with my diagnosis, mm -hmm. and then learning to become friends again with my body, because I felt very betrayed by my body that it did this to me. Um, because that cancer is something went wonky in my immune system, and I had cells that were going rogue. And also, you know, after all the surgeries, making friends and walking in friendship with myself and, and rebuilding my strength. So it really was everything. It was nutrition, it was physical, it was because after all the surgeries, I didn't I didn't have the best balance in the world. So it took getting serious about fitness again and getting back into that. And then of course just the exercise of doing the things that I had a passion for. Wow. Thank you for sharing more on that with us. So um, if somebody wanted to learn, do you share more about like all of this on your podcast or your platform? If somebody wanted to kind of dive more into um, kind of your story and your journey. Yes. So I have a book that I am working on that should be out at the end of this year. And you can find out about that and the podcast, all of that at yourkillerlife.com. And that's because a killer diagnosis does not have to kill your passion for life. And on all of the socials, you'll find the podcast and all of the cancer side of what I do, the advocacy side at your killer life. So that's where we are on Instagram and all of the things. And then the business, if anybody's interested in talking with me or working through any of the things they've got going on in their business. It's Tanyant, T-A-N-I-A-N-T, and it's Think Tanyant, um, pretty much in all the places or Tanyant.com. And of course, you could just Google Tammy Grable Woodford and all the stuff pops up and, and you'll make your way to me as well. So. Oh my gosh, so incredible. I feel like, um, like there's so much to unpack there because, you know, like you said, there's so many layers to that journey of, like you said, feeling betrayed by your body, dealing with, you know, self, the self-confidence, the self-esteem, dealing with the medical time. I mean, there's just so much there to unpack that, you know, that you've went through that you, um, you know, but as part of your journey. So that's why I was wondering, yeah, if somebody wanted to, you know, if somebody resonated with parts of that, if they could come learn more. So thank you for sharing that with us. I would love to know though, how are you, let's dive in a little bit more to actually, do you work one-to-one -one or do you have um, any group programs that you work for people? That is a great question. Yeah. So for the consulting, obviously that's project-based and depends on what the needs of the customer are. Um, for the mentoring, that is typically one-on-one. -on -one. And I prefer that because people are in different places in their business. And I only work with a handful of entrepreneurs at a time. So I'm balancing that with my consulting load. But what I love is that I'm able to bring 25 years of experience and my master's in business and all of that good stuff. So it's, it's you know, truly more mentoring than coaching when it comes to that. 
I do have a community as well, and that community is collab.tanyant.com, and the community does have courses. And so basically what I'm doing in the community is I'm taking those things that I'm doing for clients, especially since I've had to retool some things. Like I've, I've got a couple different strategic planning um, contracts right now. Can't say the word, but contracts right now. And that process I've had to retool, you know, how we used to do it when we could see people and have catered lunch and go on retreats <laughs> versus now, but I'm packaging things. And so the courses are, of, it's a myriad. It's how, it's literally how to do a business plan. It's literally how to do a Facebook ad, but it is walking you through. And the cool thing about it is that it also has, we have doing labs every month. And so in a doing lab, we're literally with you going through the process of whatever module we're working on and you always have access to mentors. And so instead of purchasing a course and hoping you figure it out, this is a community with courses available. And if you get stuck, you literally send a message to the mentor and say, I don't get what you're saying here. Help me out. Or can you take a look at this? Is this what we're, we're looking at? And so that's sort of my approach to the group thing. It's still pretty individualized because you're choosing the courses that you're going through, but we do have some group elements in there as well. Oh my yeah. gosh. I love that. And yeah, so important because um, we can get stuck on a lot of those different things like the Facebook ads and the, you know. When I went to launch the podcast, I took I took two courses and I ended it with like, I don't know what to do. Yeah, but what you know what I love though is I like to say that I'm self-taught in everything because that's that's the the connection and the the world that we have at our fingertips now is that we we can invest in ourselves in that way. And like, you want to start a podcast? You can absolutely start a podcast. You want to um, start your own business? You can absolutely like, you you want to write a book? You can absolutely do that and self-publish. And like, it's just the opportunities that we have now are just, it's incredible Amazing. to me. And I, I, yeah, I just, I, it's awesome. I always tell my clients that, you know, look, no one is smarter than you. And yes, people may have a more formal education, but everything is available to you. We literally have so much information that is affordably available to us these days and so many different ways to network and communicate and, you know, connect with people. It is, you're absolutely right, Chrissy. It's astounding. So, yes, it really is. So, and it's really I really see it changing the way that we do things, changing the future, changing, and that's exciting. So. I just have to thank you. This has been incredible. And um, you let us know where to find you. I would just kind of love to know, do you kind of have a closing message for us or some final words to leave our listeners with? Yeah. So I've got, I've got two. One is truly take an hour, at least an hour for yourself and sit down with a piece of paper and ask yourself the question, where do I want to go? What do I want to do? What brings me joy? And if it's not what you're doing, ask yourself if you can map a plan to get where you want to be. Because one thing cancer really taught me is that time, you know, people say time is money. Time is your life. It is literally an exchange of your moments of life for an experience. And it is too short to do something that does not bring you joy, that does not add to your life and your experience here on earth, period. 
And for anyone who's been through trauma, who's trying to get back to their normal, whatever the trauma is, that normal is oftentimes like trying to, to grab the same handful of water in a river twice. You likely aren't going to be able to find that normal and that's okay. The disruption that has happened in your life, if you choose to look for the silver linings of that disruption, are so empowering and so such an opportunity for greater fulfillment and enjoyment in your life. And it might not feel like it in the moment, but I would encourage you to be open to what the new normal can bring to you. And I guess that would be my last, my last, my, I cheated. I gave two. That was my last bit of advice. <laughs> That was incredible. We got extra. So I just have to thank you again so much for giving your time to be here today. You have given us, I feel so much, not only just valuable information, but just so much. Um, I feel like just such a different way of looking at things, you know, like a mindset shift, just leaving us with joy. So I just have to thank you again, Tammy, for being here. This has been incredible. Oh, thank you. And thank you for what you do on the self project podcast. Your episodes are amazing. And I absolutely love what you've got going on here, Christy. So thank you so much for the invite and for having me on. Thank you so much for joining me today for the self project podcast. I hope that you were able to find something useful or inspirational to take away with you today. So come and connect with me over on Instagram. It's at underscore Christy Martin. And let me know what you want to hear more of. Go ahead and subscribe to the podcast and leave a review and I will see you next time.